Welcome to the Cannabis Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Carruthers, and I have been a serial cannapreneur in the growing, processing, and retail space for over eight years. And we are here to learn together to get a well-balanced understanding of cannabis and cannabis products. Tune in every week for quality cannabis education for your canna inspiration. Tell me it's going. Emilio, okay. Yes. Uh, it looks like the broadcast was deleted on Facebook, trying to create a new broadcast. Okay, go live. Uh, go live. Go live. Can a therapy group. Go live on here. This is very interesting. Go live. I believe we are live on YouTube. This is wow. Okay. We are live on YouTube. So we're going to keep this going from here. All right, cool. All right. All right, man. Jeez, always. Hello, hello, hello. What up, doe? Welcome to the Cannabis Therapy Podcast Show. I need some cannabis therapy after trying to get this thing up and running. But it's all good, though. We have a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best practices in finding and training cannabis employees. Yes. Uh, ah, man. Best practices in finding and training cannabis employees. I got something to say just on the fact that I'm trying to get here on this podcast. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we have a great host. Uh, to bring in again, if you're new to the podcast, the, po the podcast is here to help you avoid those uncomfortable experiences, the ones that kind of bad reactions. Maybe you had too much of a gummy, um, or maybe you're been misinformed about a political action, um, or maybe you're around the uh, dinner table around the holidays and it's kind of uncomfortable because they don't understand why you consume, why you consume. Our goal here is to help you consume cannabis more comfortably, whether you consume or don't consume. At least we're all educated and have a better, well-rounded understanding of cannabis and cannabis products from a therapeutic point of view. Yes. So this is the Cannabis Therapy Podcast. Again, we are here to help you avoid uncomfortable experiences so you can enjoy cannabis more comfortably. And this show is our Cannabis Connect series. So we have we do a different series um, every single week. Uh, sometimes we're into the Cannabis Therapy series where we get into like the science of cannabis. Uh, sometimes we get into making products. So it's kind of the do-it-yourself uh, series. Sometimes we get into home grow. Uh, we are really big on targeting and believe and we're advocates of being able to grow your own. So we have a homegrown series. And then we also get into the history of cannabis as the rules change, as the farm bill changes or the uh, as new states come on board, we get into the cannabis side of that as well. And then we also get into the business side. And that's what this is. This is the Cannabis Connect that's really targeted to for those who are looking to get into the industry or those who are in the industry. We come up with a topic and we kind of bring on experts to bring us along and learn about that. So speaking of that, bringing on experts, we have Joseph. Uh, man, I probably could have asked how to say his last name, but it's all good. I got this. Hold on. Joseph Palacio. Yes. I think I did that right. <laughs> close, close. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jojo, uh, also known as Jojo. Uh, he is head of the people and strategy at work.com. That's W-R-K. 
work.com, uh, uh, work.com. And so, one of the big accomplishments, more than a decade of startup and uh, uh, startup and people and talent experience in four years of strategy and special projects experience across multiple industries, including cannabis. Maybe they, more than a decade. Oh, yes. He has more than a decade of startup and people and talent experiences and four years of strategy and special projects experiences across the multiple industries, including cannabis. That's a lot of damn shit, Jojo. You, you know a lot of stuff. That's what's up. Uh, something impressive about Jojo. He's passionate about early career mentoring, uh, which is which is key. Um, a lot, especially now. I mean, it's hard to find good employees. Uh, and it's hard to uh, employees to really find that right uh, fit as well. Um, it's with the LGBTQIA um, and making an impact by developing others. Much love. Without any further ado, what's up, JoJo? Nothing much. Thank you for the all the kind words. Did uh, my marketing team send that over? <laughs> we did some research, man. We uh, yeah, we actually no, we actually googled uh, you. We googled you. Oh, well, hopefully you found a ton of good, a ton of great stuff. But uh, thank you for the kind words. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then also we have uh, the prophet over there as well. Uh, prophet, you want to give yourself a quick intro? Ah, yes, yes, I'm the, the, the prophet. I've been uh, in the extraction side of the cannabis industry for about a decade now between, um, you know, inventing extraction technology and then inventing, you know, consumption technology for the extracts. Uh, the, the, the extraction and consumption side has kind of been my, my life in this business. So a little bit of background on me and the, uh, the pens, these, these, these are, these are beautiful. True. True. I, I am. I'm a big advocate of your pens as well. I'm a big advocate of your pens. Um, and let me see if, uh, let me get to the, the notes here. So I, I want to kind of jump right into it and we can get some more introduction in, in regards to like work.com as well. I want to get into that Jojo. Um, but kind of how this conversation, I'm going to go with this episode. I want to talk about how uh, the cannabis industry and the employee outlook for that. Uh, we want to get into some of the best practices for training employees in the cannabis and then also best practices for hiring employees um, in the cannabis. Um, and I think that should take up a lot of our time uh, with the show. Is there anything else you think we should touch on, Jojo? Or that's a, that's a good combo? I think that's a good combo to get through this show. If we get into like the weeds of like how to keep an employee and off pointing, which are two things I think are important for maintaining and getting new talent, um, we can get there. But I think that's good. Cool, 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 cool. So let's talk about some of the best practices for finding and uh, training employees. Um, here we got a note, you know, of course it is, it is, I mean, trying to find and retain people itself seems like a full-time job. Uh, can yeah. you, can you kind of speak to that as to, man, is it, is it just me or is this like universal? No, this is universal. I mean, you know, taking away from just cannabis, the average national turnover for any organization in any industry is about 57 0.3%, which is really high. The cannabis industry alone has a turnover rate of 40 to 60%. And we're also in the great resignation period for all industries. So there's a ton of talent looking for a ton of jobs are currently at companies or new talent coming in. And so it's definitely a hard time. It's a lot of moving pieces. Um, one of my big passions, and we'll talk about it a couple of times throughout this, is that I like to really infuse technology with the people aspect of things. And mm -hmm. a lot of my people experience and HR experience, besides being HRVP and some of the traditional things like a recruiter or an employer relations officer, 
a lot of my expertise is more of the back end. How do we maintain an infrastructure that brings great talent to us naturally, organically and also keeps them throughout it? So putting technologies in place, giving a good total rewards package. What does our employer branding look like? All topics I usually come into a startup with and then build out our processes from there. Um, but it is wild. It's a wild time. It's a wild time today. And cannabis is not stopping with their growth. Wow. Wow. It is. I mean, speaking of growth, I mean, so uh, I have here a stat here at 32% increase in cannabis employees in 2020 yep. alone. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's 70. So like you'll see in that same report, 77,000 were added. It said and cannabis employees were added in the U.S. alone in like the in last year year and a half so it's it's wild so is, is this is kind of like i don't know is, is it the biggest employment or one of the second biggest industries as of right now and, and every state's not even legalized yet but we have to be yeah. up there as one of the top industries that's actually employing people yeah i mean you always have that tech right so you have tech healthcare is becoming a big sort of movement again um definitely with like the mental wellness and things but i think cannabis is becoming a big contender um definitely in a rapid growth perspective right a lot of technology you have your unicorn uh, tech companies that go from i don't know a hundred to a thousand whereas like Cureleaf or gti or some of the other enterprise companies went from 300 to 4,000 in like two years. And a lot of that is because the MA activity is not just natural recruitment. Um, but I think, yes, I think cannabis is becoming quite a place for talent um, and giving a lot of interesting challenges that you don't normally have in other industries, right? So I think it's an exciting time. It's an exciting place for talent, but you got to have some considerations, not only your personal values, but also um kind of how quickly cannabis companies move hmm. now is yep. it is it are, are people typically coming from different industries like um or this is this is these are people who are they switching jobs or this is kind of like would you see that is more of people's kind of first job it could it's both it could be both it also is people that 10 years ago was in the cannabis industry at a dispensary or inventing or inve making inventions or growing a farm and they did it privately or underground or in the black market right so like 10 20 years ago this was a it's a totally different ball game for cannabis but all those people that was raised in sort of that secrecy and that um ability to maneuver to get your product out is now growing in the cannabis industry along with people that are coming into it so you know i think there's there's both aspects of it um but you know i think it is it is very exciting for experts in various fields to see jobs like marketing and hr and in talent and engineering and it and you have now have canatech right which is a whole which is a sub industry of the main cannabis industry. So you have places, you have a lot of Canatech that's boosting and asking for engineers to come in. So it's definitely um, changing and it changes literally overnight. Um, and what's great is when HR teams really have and try to become, instead of a reactive environment, a proactive environment and put those systems and processes and technology into place, and just circling back, coming into that aspect of putting talent in place, right? Like one of the biggest tips to have is making sure that you have a you have a process 
uh, in place and that you've trained your managers and your mm-hmm. interviewers within that process. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. No, it's yep. good. Hey, we're we're, we're going to get in some more tips um, yep. as well. I want to, I want to get that, but that's, you got the juices thinking. You got me thinking as well. Um, now with the, talk about the, like where can employees from an employee center, like where can you go as an employer? Um, where can you go um, to get the kind of recent findings that kind of all cannabis owners should know? Like what are, like what sources would you say that typically, if I'm an employer in the cannabis industry, yeah. um, where should I go to kind of get information about hiring people? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of places are pretty um, available. And a lot of times what I do is I just go for type in a sentence on Google. But the three sites that I have, one is a cannabis leafly is always really good content. I think they produce a lot of really good content for people to review. I think business owners in all types and sizes of an organization that not only helps with hiring, but kind of the perspective of what's going on in the world. Right. Um, to Sherm. On a very HR talent specific thing, um, Sherm has a really good article you can go to. It, a lot of that stuff. And one thing that um, a lot of HR people and HR leaders will say is a lot of aspects of HR can be translated to any industry. So if you do it in one, you can redo it in another. And a lot of that is like when you look at compliance, the employer regulations don't change by industry. It changes by state. So you know, I think that's, I think Sherm's a really good place. Otherwise, you know, a lot of um, HR technologies will have really good information of how to gain, how to gain better talent. But I always say, always easy to ask your question in Google and get the resources there. Lots of information out there, a lot of content out there to help. So I think those are really great, three great ways to utilize for a business owner. Wow. So Google, I mean, Google, you cannot go wrong with Google, huh? That's you cannot a... go wrong. Sometimes <laughs> the simplest way to find something is just going to the search, going to the main search engine. Wow, wow. Uh, profit. Any, any, any. Uh, I know you've been quiet over there, and you know JoJo's kind of taking, you know, the lead here. He's he. I'm loving his information. I I just don't want to forget about you over there. Uh, uh, profit. Actually, I think we lost him. Uh, okay. All good. Um, well, just you and me right now, brother. All yeah. good. We're gonna we're gonna keep this moving. We're gonna keep this moving. I see we got Jen. Uh, he's gone. Thank you, Jen. Uh, try to get him back, Jen. I appreciate it. Jen's uh is like our back girl behind the scenes, uh, helping oh. us go on. Um, so let's talk about some of the the tips, JoJo. Some of the uh, yeah. so one of the tips here is about being proactive. So the top six cannabis staffing tips. Um, number one here, I have is being proactive. Can you uh, kind of touch on the importance of being proactive uh, when it comes to staffing? Yeah, I think creating um, networks and not only through job boards, but also through um, various channels or creating pipeline for talent is is really what it means to be proactive, right? Because at the end of the day, like we need to fill those roles and recruiting is a lot like sales. You got to get them closed and you got to get them filled and you got to get them filled with great talent, right? So, you know, I would say here on being proactive, one of the ways of being proactive is really creating a great employee referral messaging and program, Mm -hmm. right? Employers referrals are 
critical and the best type of talent, not only because they're brought in by someone that is working at your company already, but they also have an understanding and a want to come to that company, right? So right. Um, in any industry, they're always great, but that is one channel that you can 100% get proactive on because as soon as you post a role, getting an employee referral helps that pro that time to feel really reduce um, for your recruitment team. And I think it's a really great channel to have. A secondary channel that I think of, that I like to think about a lot um, is the ability to source, but creating um, source AI bots that will help to kind of promote your job ads, right? So there's a few sourcing bots that can help your team source better, find candidates, make social media posts, um, and utilizing that technology will really help as well. Now, I like, so when you said word of mouth, I think, I think that's key. I think, uh, cause people could interview well, uh, yep. people, people can come in and, and resumes can look like the most shiniest damn object in the world. Right. Uh, but that word of mouth referral seems to be key because someone else is kind of uh, vouching for them. Would you say that okay. that is one of the number one ways to finding, or, or I guess what being proactive is maybe a one is that word of mouth, but how do you entice that word of mouth? Is there a method that, that, that you, that you have found um, productive or efficient? Doing that. Well, I mean, always you want to give a give a reward back, right? Like whoever's going to be referring them, an employee would like that appreciation if they come in. Because you're right, it's there's about they're vouching for them. There's that extra level that you don't have with the organic candidate that just comes in out of nowhere. Um, and as well, you know, people can do a great interview and they can charm and they can have a great resume. And so with an employee referral, it also takes away those nerves that you have when you try to take a chance with someone that you've never met and you, no one in their network knows. Right. Um, right. A lot, and so a lot of times, you know, it's really just creating an SOP, which I know uh, we're going to be talking about. It's really creating that process for employees, getting them to understand it, but also really integrating that in your messaging like when you send out, hey, these are the openings we have. Don't forget to send a employer for all. Getting employees to be reminded about that because they have the day-to-day -day and sometimes maybe they forget. Um, but I think, you know, the other way of doing, of, of really having a great way is when someone gets referred is understanding how they're connected, where they do, where they connected from a past company. So a lot of times when right. we get referrals, we also ask the question, how do you know this person? Like, right. what would you say about this person to give us an understanding as a recruitment team or myself as a recruitment leader? Um, what is your connection? Do they do good work? Or is this just a friend you have that you hang out with every Sunday? Gotcha. 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 I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, and I, like you said, having some incentives. I remember when I used to do banking, you know, if you refer someone and they stay for six months or something, you get like 500 bucks. So having some type of, you know, incentive program for that referral employee base um seems to be legit there okay um, yeah and we give actually 2k and honestly you get that money back especially damn, if two thousand dollars for a referral yeah Shit. i tell you we like to take <laughs> care of our employees let me tell you hey don't say that too loud man people gonna ask for like 2k to go start referring to friends right no i like it no i, I agree i liked it i liked it i liked it uh, we got some comments coming in uh what's up everybody on youtube facebook um hello tamra what's up miss g what miss g uh, much love. Um, keep them green. Thank you out there. He says all former marijuana felons should get the first shot at a job 
doing the same as what has ruined their lives. I fucking agree, brother. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, it, it should get a shot, and there should be some. Um, of course, you know, there needs to be some kind of development, some kind of training as well to help them transition. Yep. Um, but I agree. Um, actually, curious uh, with your company, do do you help? Uh, we're going to kind of get into that, but do you help those who are looking to get jobs in the industry as well? Um, kind of get trained and and being, I guess, being job a bull. Is that a thing? Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the word, but that, that works. And, um, no, you know, so we don't do that. We're actually a SaaS application platform that we provide services to clients that sign up with us. So we support through HR, payroll benefits, um, and other features of our SaaS application, uh, SaaS, excuse me, platform. Um, yes. And then if a client signs up for our product and they're like, oh, we would like an extra service. We want, we were a small business. We have 30 employees. We don't have an HR person, but we'll pay you. We'll do some, something like that, like a professional services or managed services perspective. Um, we don't help recruiting, but I do, I can help. As I said, I'm very, um, I actually mentor um, and I don't only help my own community, which is LGBTQIA+. Yeah. I also like to help other diverse communities, which We'll get into DEI initiatives and kind of paint, making sure that that's forefront and in place um, okay. in a little bit later. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think that there's the answer. I guess so, yeah, we're just a SaaS application. Gotcha. Gotcha. I put good, 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 good. Okay. So if you guys are just uh, catching up, so we're talking about the best practices for training um, and finding cannabis employees. Um, this is the Cannabis Connect series. So this is a little bit more business heavy topic. So if you're looking to get in, into the industry, or if you're in the industry, uh, definitely, definitely um, keep listening and watching and ask questions. Uh, we have a, one of the experts in um, helping uh, finding jobs um, here as well. We got JoJo. So definitely ask your questions. And we're going through right now, it's kind of the top six tips um, for staffing, uh, for cannabis staffing tips. Tip number one was being proactive, talking about that word of mouth referral. Uh, we talked about attending um, trade show or uh, we call it events. Uh, yes. To mix and mingle with potential people, um, I found that helpful. I went to a couple, you know, networking events, and and those who are maybe even looking to maybe start their own edible business, but they're not yet ready to get the business up and going. But getting their foot into the door of a company kind of um, was a good way to kind of find that person. So I kind of get that too. Um, all right, let's go. we're gonna go on to the next step. Um, so that was being proactive. Now systems, man, systems, man, systems, brother. You said it earlier, SOPs. Tip number yep. two here is having strong SOPs. Uh, fuck, man, system, system. Just talk about we could We could have a show just on this. But, yeah, Joe, Joe, talk to me about the importance of systems. Yeah, and, I'm, you know, it's pretty simple. I think utilize you having not only your SOP and processes, but automating as much as you can can help take care of the infrastructure of your recruitment and HR team, which yeah. then makes sure people work on more strategic initiatives rather than managing the day-to-day -day issues that come up. Um, a lot of time traditionally, in my opinion, HR has focused on being reactive and they focused on the people aspect, which is awesome. And obviously we're here to make sure people have, have a safe, inclusive, um, um, supportive on their development kind of culture. But at the same time, people need to get paid and people need to be found through recruiting and people need to make sure they have the benefits and the structure and the SOPs in place to 
make sure they feel inclusive and safe. And a lot of the times uh, one person can't do that. And so you can hire a whole team or you can build out some of that technology to help create the best sort of talent and find talent and help also talent find you, right? Like you mentioned like people finding jobs. It is a difficult market right now. Interviewing is very hard. The hiring process is very hard. A candidate, there's a lot of stress for the candidate. And so really making that effort to automating and building out your infrastructure through technology is a big passion of mine. Because what I found is my past teams, my current team has the ability to be more strategic, to create an easier candidate process or create more inclusive channels or products or recognition programs, things like that. So one of the things we've implemented is like Bonusly is really great for recognition uh, and it's fairly cheap even for a small business that of, of 20 employees. It's great for communication. Um, we've implemented a program called All Voices, which is an uh, anonymous automated hotline that's very easy to use for employees. So that, so that goes towards the inclusive and safe environment. Um, but it all breaks down to you can't have a good system without having an SOP. So this is actually a really good tip. And really creating those process documents really helps you see what is what is a people-owned item and what can be automated. What, uh, what can the HR team build upon? What is just sort of like, we just need to kind of make sure there's a process and get that through. A lot of times payroll is a good example of that. There's a lot of payroll laws on top of employee laws, on top of on top yeah. of cannabis laws and systems can automate all those laws and get those in place. So you don't always have to think about it on a day to day. Obviously being aware of those things are great. Having the knowledge behind it is it will come, but it really building that infrastructure to also keep you compliant is huge. I'm uh, not to put you on the spot. I'm going off agenda because I'm, I'm curious yeah. uh, on, on, on the systems here. Can you give me an example? I know you're speaking from a, a tech perspective. Can you give me an example? And a lot of people may not be feel. I mean, I, if you read the book E Myth or you know you're reading these yeah. books about systems, um, they talk about it. You know, in theory, I guess in a hiring process, can you give me an example of an SOP that you believe is very important that you have? I know I know you mentioned payroll, so you can hire someone. Um, but let's say, can you give me an example of an SOP? And again, a standard operating procedure. People is another fancy word for checklist. Is a fancy sure. checklist. Um, can you give me an example of one that's important with uh, finding and training um, employees that you can do it from a tech perspective? That's well, think about the onboarding experience, right? Okay. So not only finding, but it's that training aspect because that's your first introduction to the employee. It's, okay. That's your that's your, the employees or the new hires introduction to the company. Sorry about that, tongue tied. <laughs> um, but there's a bunch of systems and AIs that can help create communication channels, constant communication to making sure that new hire is aware of the ongoings of the culture, right? Because the goal is, is to bring in a new hire and get them to start producing for the organization, getting that, getting that uh, return as soon as possible. And by doing that, one of the things you have to do in getting that is making them comfortable into the culture, making them integrated into the team and their organization. So really having a good onboarding process, not only from the integration of the applicant tracking system to your payroll system is critical because that helps your HR team staying compliant. Uh, we make sure we have documentation. I always think that like when I come to a startup, they don't have organized documentation or employee yeah, files. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need them printed like old school way. I'm saying that there has to be employee files somewhere. 
but creating that, creating that, building, writing out that process, and then automating through the systems as much as you can really helps take a lot of the day to day off your plate. So again, you can be strategic and you can be an actual partner to that new hire, an actual partner to the leader, or an actual partner to your manager, yeah. or so, or and even um, giving that goal of getting them integrated and a return on starting them really with their team is really helpful in building out um, a great onboarding procedure, um, especially when you have a remote workforce. If you think about us, all yeah. our onboarding system is all is all remote. Majority of our employees are remote. So we're basically a remote workforce. Um, and so what a lot of times we do is we have to make sure that our video chats are working. We have to make sure there's a schedule. We have to make sure we're aligned with every speaker because they go through every team. So every every new hire in the first two days learns about every single department. And that's a lot of scheduling and maintaining. But if you kind of if you create the um, templates for scheduling, if you create the automations that when they're hired in the ATS, how does that get into the RHR payroll system? That takes a lot of that stress off. So you can focus on how do we make sure this onboarding experience is top tier. Okay. So that's sort of like a very specific example yeah. um, of how I like to think about it. I like it. Now, on, on, on speaking with, with onboarding, um, I like that. Like, for example, I use a tool, Asana. Uh, yep. And Asana is a tool used for project management and you know, I can have this template of onboarding of watched, you know, how, and, and there's a operations manual and, and inside the operations manual, there's some how to's like how to, you know, how to check someone in or how yep. to uh, ring someone up, um, how to um, collect a membership due, uh, stuff like that. Um, and I kind of use it and I create loom videos. Is there a way for you being remote? Is there a tool that you typically recommend to host these SOPs? Cause sometimes you find that there's pushback too with these checklists. Yeah. Like, I don't need a checklist. I'm I can fly this plane on myself. No, air pilots go through checklists. There's a reason why they have <laughs> yeah. a damn checklist, people. But go ahead. No, I mean you made a really good point. What we like to use is SharePoint, and any internet could work. And an internet is you could also build your own through OneDrive or a Google Drive. Um, but an internet is essentially a, a database of resources that is compiled for any employee to utilize um, and really share and collaborate across teams and departments. And so a lot of times we drive a lot of our messaging and our active SOPs, um, our processes, our payroll calendar, all through the internet so that employees have a one-stop shop and they know where they can get the communication. We're currently updating our own internet, so right, right, right. Uh, there's a bunch yeah. of applications out there. But you know, another way to create an internet is very much like Asana, and just really building out this sauna and creating those checklist templates that employee just has to go like, oh great, I'll create a new checklist, rename it. Great, now I have this. Now I have this new hire checklist that I need to go through and check in the bosses, which is good for managers to help monitor without having to come into the office or micromanaging or being yeah. over the. Right. So um, another really two applications from Asana is Monday.com and Smartsheets. Um, both are fairly like cost effective as well. So those are really great. Your Asana, but Monday.com and Smartsheets are also great applications to use. But ultimately, we like to have like a one stop shop, like an internet. OK. OK, cool, cool, cool. And uh, my last question on SOPs will be um, who uh, typically is setting this up? Um, 
I know as usually as a you know small business owner, you're wearing a lot of hats. You know, you're the yep. HR, you're the finance, uh, you're the sales, you're the marketing, um, you're the food picker upper, you're the deliverer, you do a lot of things. But ideally, uh, I know you you mentioned HR a couple of times. Is it best practice to kind of hire someone just for HR and they're the ones in charge of this? Um, I think it depends on what your organization is doing and where you want to go. Usually I say once you hit 50 to 55, that's when a lot of triggers happen for federal and state employment regulations. So that's when you want to start thinking about hiring an HR admin or a combo of HR and finance. Okay. Um, a lot of why a lot of usually when I'm hired, it's a combo of HR and IT because I have that IT and business applications. and I have a lot of expertise in HR and recruiting as well. So it's, you know, you can do a lot of mixed things. If you're not necessarily growing and you know, you're going to stop at like 30 or 40 in your small business, you could do it yourself. You can also, when you sign up with some of these applications, like us on a Monday at Smartsheets, you can pay a little bit more of a fee um, to get someone to come in and help you and they build it out for you. Um, so you don't necessarily need to be yourself, but someone needs to project manage. What I do recommend, though, is, and one of the things I always say is as an HR and IT and recruitment and whatever we call it, um, internal infrastructure teams, our job is to support, consult, and provide. Our job isn't to own. So, for example, we build out a SharePoint and we create a one-stop shop, mm -hmm. but the managers and employees of other departments need to make sure the SOPs are updated. We provide the support, we provide the consultancy, we provide the technology uh, and the systems and the um, procedures uh, in terms of employees, but they need to update how do they make their employees that are just hired effective in marketing and operations and production, yes. things like that. So I think the ownership is on, you know, some, someone needs to be a project manager that doesn't necessarily need to be the owner um i think it's a it's a community effort and sometimes you know what i think employees really enjoy is having the opportunity to learn so i would really recommend owners delegating a project to an employee even if it's, if it's a dispensary have a dispensary yeah. associate talk with a vendor because it's all about learning right it's all about right. development and even they want growth right no that's good that's that yeah you get to test them and, and see you know let them kind of uh get outside our comfort zone to take on this project right. and yeah i got you i got you i got you so and then of course it's a it's a living document so right. um I'm, I'm assuming um as you come up with these sops for say onboarding it's more of you know what do you find yourself doing every single time um when you bring someone in or, you know collecting their emails or getting their info uh you know uh having them watch this security video things like that so okay cool i like it so standard operating procedures I think our key, I agree with you, brother. I think we're preaching to the choir to each other, but uh, cool. We're going to move on from this step. All right. So right. we did two right. tips so far. One, being proactive. Two, SOP. Now let's talk about interviews. Um, as a employer, um, what is one of the things that they should know when first meeting the candidate? That they're nervous. No matter who they are, um, and nerves come in different ways. Everyone's different, but just to remember, you know, the experience for the interview process is the candidate experience. Excuse me, is just as important as the interview process. 
you know, there are people too. They're excited. Again, we're in the great resignation. So everyone's wild right now and everyone's resigning or finding new <laughs> jobs, new work. But even then, you know, people are excited about their movement and they're excited about their careers. One of the things that that I've always implemented in all my interview processes at every startup or company that I've been at is a a people check so what that is is not necessarily an interview it's a meeting with the candidates the first meeting and it basically goes through some of the like managerial things that we need to do of like hey uh just kind of confirming kind of things are you in state are you out of state um what does what are you looking for a salary range this is what we posted on the job description which salary transparency is i think really important at the very beginning but it's also a way for them to ask us questions and get a better understanding of the job description and making sure that what they apply for matches what they're looking for right um and it really helps without the nerves and i always like to train my recruiters to say hey this is not an interview we're just aligning checking and making sure that you any your initial questions are being answers so you have a better in interview experience i think that welcomes them like it creates more of a open conversation environment um and then obviously they go through the whole interview process yeah. so i think interview does matters but i think what's important for hiring managers to remember is think about your first job and what you felt like as a candidate right because that right. can happen anywhere gotcha gotcha now when you um you're looking at them, okay, you understand they're a little nervous and you ease some things up yeah. some way, say, Hey man, this is not an interview. We just have a conversation, get to know each other. We don't know if this is gonna work or it may work. Uh let's just first let's get a vibe for each other. All right, cool. Now you're looking at the history of their of their job, yeah, uh, or their history of their their work history. Um, how important is their work history when deciding um if this is a good fit? Um there's varying opinions on that. Uh, I, you know, I think it depends. I think you definitely need to have relevant experience mm -hmm. and you need to understand the job. Hence why I like to do those check-ins because what we post as a job description may not translate to what we're actually looking for, okay. right? And so that's really important to kind of make sure that you as a candidate, not every organization is like that. So you as a candidate need to ask, I think a really critical question that I tell candidates and when I mentor to always ask, what are you, what are the aspects of that the hiring manager is looking for? I also think to remember for candidates that the recruiter or the person you're talking to initially is probably not the decision maker. They probably are involved and right. well, obviously they're involved, but they're not the decision maker. And so they're the people that can actually help you in saying, hey, this is what he, they're looking for. Is that still aligning what you applied for? And I've talked to a bunch of candidates from every job level, from executive down, um, that have said, oh, no, that's not what I meant to apply for. Yeah. This is what I'm looking for. Keep me in mind. Thank you so much for having that frank conversation. Okay. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the recruiter is there for you. I think that's the last point as well. Um, and so going back to the job history, I think it depends. It's great to see that someone was at a company for 10 years, but my personal opinion, and I know it's sort of like changing, especially with candidates being so new, is that I don't need you to be at a company for a long time. I think what that creates is you've learned one skill set and one mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah. And while that could have been adapted over 10 years, 
it's still the same company. I usually think that a lot of people like to see some varying aspects of your job history. Like what industries have you been in? What challenges have you seen? Instead of bringing the same old challenge that you had at the same organization. That doesn't necessarily mean that le- that people that have been with some- somewhere a long time is a negative. It just is a different aspect. And so that's why it's really important to understand how your job history affects the role and what the role is being explained to you as. Jojo, the politician, that answer right there serves every single angle <laughs> that you could. I try. I try. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and, yeah. and a lot of skills, I agree. Um, a lot of skills are transferable. Um, you know, if you were, you know, selling shoes or marketing shoes, it's a product's a product, you know, when it comes to cannabis. Again, you just understanding your target market per se and getting to and, and, and relate to people. So I, I get you may not have to have history in exact industry um, right. in order. Yeah. Um, but having still, you know, if and, and, and if you're off work for a while, as long as you can chop it up, you know, say you had a baby. All right. I get it. You know, you raised yeah. your kid for 18 years. Absolutely. You know, you know that's, that's that makes sense. Um, and, you know, the other thing to that, too, with cannabis is cannabis is starting to look you'll see it in a lot of trends and, and articles. Um, but there's start there's starting to be a lot of recommendation of looking outside the cannabis industry. Yeah. yeah. Because you have to bring those new ideas. Again, going back to the diversity, I'm very big about creating an environment that promotes diversity and gr- yeah. it gets all type of talent. Creating that includes a culture. Um, because I think when you have varying ideas and differences and push and pull kind of perspectives of people, that's where the most innovative um, successes come about. Cool. Like it. Like it. Like it. Appreciate it. And uh, I guess the one the one of the best transferable skills to look for that I learned uh, is attitude. Um, yes. Having just a winning, proper attitude towards because then at that point, I mean, a lot of people can learn, you know, task and shit. It's not, you know, rocket science. Yeah. If you, but you have it. You got to have the attitude, though, that I found from my from from my mistakes. I now have learned that the attitude matters more than you know your degrees or even your history just how the your attitude and your perspective was during the interview um definitely meant a lot to me so yeah all right um all right now let's talk about just because you you know have a job description and and you know they came in for the interview doesn't mean that they like you okay yeah. doesn't, so how to, being competitive um here as an employer and any tips on you being attractive to get the type of talent that you're looking for um, and the people with those right attitudes. Any tips on that? Yeah. Um, I think pay equity is really important. I think compensation and having your salaries being competitive um, is huge. And so I think making sure, again, going back to systems, compensation is a very technical kind of like um, field in the, in the human resources uh, function. And with that comes a lot of technologies that can automate that or give you a better understanding of how are you being um, equitable or fair um, across diversities and industries. And that's one way to stay competitive. Everyone likes to get paid. That's like a core issue of us coming to work. Right. Uh, core, uh, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, the other thing, the other two things to think about is one, your whole total rewards package, which includes pay, right? Is that there are a lot of people, I mean, personally, myself, a perk that I love is is the ability to work remote. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that I could give up in terms of compensation that uh, compensation 
that would want me to continue to have this perk because it's for me it's the flexibility i am more productive that way right so i think getting an understanding of what your companies organizations benefits and what you can afford frankly too but there's a lot of free benefits you can give to employees but um what your company's philosophies are on benefits and compensation being that really aligned i think really look having a hard look at the diversity kind of perspectives that you have against your total compensation philosophy is huge and then promoting that and if people don't like it not everyone's gonna like it that's the thing too i've also yeah. had candidates say is i don't know if this is the company for me i don't know if this, it's the baggage that's fine that's not a big deal we get it i understand it now we want you we we'd love to have you but if it's not for you we want to make sure you have that mental wellness when you come in you're excited about the organization as much as i'm excited about the organization okay i think that's one the other the other thing you can do is employer branding i think a lot of people forget about that and a lot of times that it's owned by marketing and that's awesome and they should own it because it's social media and it's like reviews online but one of the KPIs I look at is what, how does our employer branding look like? Usually using Glassdoor or Indeed or a couple of other places. Um, but it's really the perspective that when you apply, when any candidate, every time I've applied, I've always looked at their Glassdoor. And so it's a really great way to give candidates an insight. And I wouldn't worry too much if you've had like a hard six months as a company, there's a lot of challenges. And then you had a lot of recent reviews. Most candidates will give a grace and will look at the recent reviews. And if it looks like there's change, that's when they'll start to become less nervous. But really not focusing on that employee branding, even if you're the best organization, the candidate's not going to know that. And no one, you know, will discuss it as an HR recruitment team. Usually hiring managers forget to talk about that. So, gotcha. so that's something to think about too. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. Good tips. Good tips on staying competitive. And you touched on this too earlier about um, the other tip, um, I believe us number five here of six, uh, which is another way of even staying competitive is um, just a, creating a winning company culture. Can you can you speak to that? Um, how important and 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 what it means to have a winning company culture? It's about retention. It's about like maintaining a low turnover. Again, industry average in cannabis is forty to sixty percent, and what it's been, what is found from from a larger survey, um, I think done not by Leafly but someone else. But um, I recently read the results of it. Is is about managers and their managers and leadership, and then it goes pay. Usually, a lot of people think it's just about pay, and it's just not. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you know. A winning, again, going back to my philosophy of internal infrastructure teams, so people in recruiting especially, is we provide, we consult, and we support. So we will do whatever we can and we'll give the tools necessary, but it really comes down to the managers and leaders and the employees in the organization to cultivate that culture that we're building from the ground up. Um, and so a lot of the times what I'll do is create employee trainings, uh, manager trainings to give them an understanding of what they can do. Um, but it's key to keep your employees because your employees are not happy or if the work-life balance isn't great, which people forget about as well. Um, and then they'll leave. And then now you have a turnover and you have to re-recruit in the same situation. And then you get into this terrible cycle. So for me, again, you know, a lot of the times what I do, which is a little different, is I focus on culture by first focusing on making sure that 
my employees hierarchy of needs, the bottom tier is taken care of, right? So that whole infrastructure I talked about, getting the processes and system in place, training our managers, making sure they have the communication channels, things like that, and then yeah. building from there. Usually a lot of HR leaders recently, and just how they've been trained is focused on the social aspects of HR. So like culture, um, engagement, learning development, and all that is very important, but those are strategic initiatives that can't necessarily be automated or have a process in place that kind of grows with it. So we forget about some of that ground level items, yeah. which is why it affects the culture. If someone doesn't get paid correctly, that no matter how much you do on culture, that's not going to make a positive experience for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I get it. So having those processes and then yep. even if, even, even if there was an error, just having that chain of communication of, that's right. You know, how you can even send a message to, hey, before it escalates to, I can't believe you ever done this in my life. I can't you know, you could just send the message. Oh, it was a mistake. You know, our bad. Uh, we missed a letter in your email. You know, That's right. something like that. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, now, also, that, that one in culture, um, speaking of, you know, just identifying, sometimes it could be employees that's creating a negative losing type culture or even people that's in your management positions. Um, I guess going back to attitudes as well. So creating that winning culture also, would you say also the, is heavy on, you got the processes, you got the communication, but even just having the right people um, in the right seats, I guess. Yeah. Would you say that that's part of it as well? Absolutely. I think you got to do a deep dive and I think you got to be with leaders um, and managers. You got to be very frank that you're going to get a lot of feedback. And we got we to gotta address that feedback and get it taken care of. Because a lot, again, a lot of the reason why Cannabis Industry has such um, a high turnover averages is because of managers and leaders. And that's what we're finiding and that employees are leaving the, and leaving the industry completely because of it. Yeah. Um, and that's not, you know, I think it's crazy. It's wild when the cannabis is like growing rapidly, as we talked about earlier. So, you know, I think leaders and managers just get overly stressed, but we just got to remember that they look a lot to them. For employees, they they are the ones that really are the champions of the culture, even more so than the HR or recruitment team or even executives. Um, employees are really the ones that take what we provide and we consult on and really cultivate it and develop it into something that really creates that winning culture, right? Because once we're done with them in the odd morning, they go to their team, they meet their coworkers, and that sort of environment of safety and inclusivity needs to be trained with them. Um, and a lot of times you can put that those programs in place right at onboarding. For example, what we do is we do the sexual harassment training for every employee right at onboarding. We also give them diversity articles to read right at onboarding. We also talk about all of how to use all of our employee recognition systems right at onboarding. So we do all that up front so that when they come, they are not only understand, but the next new hire that comes onto their team they can be like, oh, let me make sure that they are also taken care of and not lost like that, like I may have been, or uh, we can ensure that those employees will also give them the safety and environment that they deserve. Most stuff, most love, most love. You're yeah. dropping, you're dropping nuggets here, man. You're dropping nuggets. And, and it's Thank not, you. hopefully it's, it's good. But. No, it's no, it's good. It's good. It's good information. And again, it's, you know, we're not saying this is all so easy. Boom, boom, bam, bam. It's all done. But this is what we need to strive for. I get yep. it to 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 especially with cannabis staffing and like you said it's it's a rapidly growing industry 
And just because you are a good grower doesn't mean that you're a good manager. Um, right. um, or yeah, or just because you smoke weed every day and you know a lot and you're bougie about your weed doesn't mean you're a great salesman. Um, and and so yeah, so it's it's uh we gotta understand it is a new industry, but at the same time, there's still some transferable skills that are universal that you need in both industries or in all yeah. industries. That's what's up. Cool. All right. So, all right. Uh, we went through, I believe, all six tips. Um, I want to kind of talk about some of the uh, the key takeaways here. I, I'm going to go back and kind of recap. Uh, well, I ain't going to click every side. I'll just recap uh, what I got here for my notes. So tip number one, uh, we talked about, uh, which was being proactive. Uh, so definitely go ahead and we're not going to repeat everything. Watch the damn show. Watch the replay. Okay. Tip number one was being proactive. Uh, uh, I get, you know, some of you are in the middle of work and things like that. And I personally like to listen on podcasts on like 2.0 speed uh, so I can consume stuff quicker. So it's all good if you're going to catch this replay. Um, uh, tip number two was have a strong SOP, strong checklist, strong standard operating procedures. And one specific example we talked about was just onboarding. Uh, was key. And there's a lot of other SOPs as well. Um, opening uh, SOPs, closing SOPs, daily operation SOPs, uh, how to go to the bathroom SOPs, who knows? Uh, there's a lot of different things. Uh, uh, interviews matter. Tip number three, uh, interviews do matter. Uh, we get some tips on what to look for uh, when you're interviewing um, from a employer perspective. Um, and then how to stay competitive, how to stay competitive as an employer. Um, and then we got into uh, winning culture um and yeah man put us in man we we're ready coach we're ready coach we ready put me in coach awesome any other key takeaways you think jojo we need to uh wrap up from what, what we just went through i think just make sure to get your systems and processes in place like we said but also try to include some diversity equity inclusion and uh uh safety sort of procedures within all of your processes. I think it's important to push that movement, uh, especially with cannabis being such a diverse industry itself. Cool. cool, cool. And of course, you guys can always watch this uh, this replay, uh, Cannabis Therapy Network, Cannabis Therapy Network. Uh, there's little logos all around here, cannabistherapynetwork.org. Uh, click on um, join and you get access to our free hub. There's a hub. Uh, yes, we have this on YouTube, but we also have a hub uh, with all of our content is also special videos inside our hub, uh, especially when it relates to growing. Uh, we have our own platform because, uh, you know, if you're on YouTube and cannabis, you get kicked off. Instagram, you get kicked off. Um, all that jazz. Uh, we actually just lost our Instagram page for our private club. Not even selling anything. Oh. Uh, yeah. Craziness. But uh, the hub is our own platform. So always you always go there and get our content. You can search through all the videos. You could type in the word Jojo and just see exactly where Jojo is speaking. Uh, you talk about winning attitude or anything like that. You can search that word. Any video we talk about with that pops up and right to that point. Um, so you don't have to watch the whole video, even though you should watch the whole video because we put a lot of effort into this shit. Nevertheless, you don't have to if you just want to learn one thing. All right. Uh, with that said, uh, Jojo, I, I got some contact information. If people want to uh, stay in touch yep. with you, uh, again, uh, I guess, what is your ask? Uh, who are you looking for? Um, in this industry or out of this industry, that's a good fit um, that can help you out, Jojo. Uh, at work or generally? Uh, let's go at work first. 
Yeah, at work, you know, we are looking for great people that have experience and that can help not only support um, what we need to do and do what we need to do as a company, but also help our clients become better, right? Because not only are we a SaaS platform, we provide the services and we can and we support the clients. So, you know, if you are exciting, have a good attitude and have the right experience for any of our openings, please send it, send a message to me and we can get it to over to our recruiter. Awesome. Awesome. Can, can you give me an example of how uh, someone would use your SaaS platform or who yeah. that someone is ideally? Yeah. If you are an owner, uh, anywhere from uh, five employees all the way up to 5,000, 10,000 employees, uh, essentially you would come to us if you need an HR payroll benefits platform. Uh, we are we would be your HCM solution, uh, creating a lot of those system infrastructures and automation. Also, we have an applicant tracking system, but we can also integrate with others if you already have an applicant tracking system. So that's why you would come to us. After that, if you need it, if you're a small business and need want an HR person that's a professional service, come on over to us, sign onto our platform. We have professional services that can support your needs as a business. Awesome. Awesome. And it's, it's not just the cannabis industry, right? It, it could be other industries as well. So we focus in the cannabis industry. Okay. So anyone in the cannabis industry. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm glad I'm asking these questions, brother. Yeah. I'm asking these questions. Cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, well, cool. And again, like I said, uh, check out the website there. That's CannabisTherapyNetwork.org. Uh, this blog and the resources, all these slideshows as well. Uh, for every episode we do, I give it out for free, people. Um, all you got to do is go to the website, uh, click on resources or click on the hub. Um, all these slides are there. Um, you can download it, skim through it, all that jazz. Uh, definitely check out the private club, craftcannabisclub.org. Ah, craft um, you get monthly gift boxes. It's a place where you can locally chill. Uh, we also have gift boxes. If you're not in a local area, we do ship out gift boxes. Uh, we have a craft hemp box that we do ship out. Uh, check out craftcannabisclub.org uh, to join and sign up for there. Um, and then, of course, our podcast, Chemist Theory Podcast. We have a new episode. Uh, well, we do episodes every single week. Uh, we do a live one twice a month, um, every, I believe, third Wednesday and last Wednesday of the month. So check us out here on YouTube. Subscribe, all that jazz. If you don't like it, uh, don't say anything. If you do like it, give us uh, five stars, two thumbs up, whatever the hell they're asking for these days. Two claps. All right. Thank you, Jojo. This has been great, man. Thank you. This has been awesome. Yeah, we we fought through some technical difficulties, and <laughs> now we're, we're we're streaming live on all platforms. Thank you all for who've been tuning in and listening. Uh, we appreciate you, uh, Harvey and Miss G. Thank you for uh, watching from wherever you guys are at around the world at the round. Some of you may be in Jamaica. I know there's some members of the club here. So uh, much love, and I will see you next week. And as we say around here, keep life rolling. Let's go. Thank you very much. Peace out, y'all. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Jojo. Thanks for listening to the Cannabis Therapy Podcast. For more Cannabis Therapy blogs and resources, check our website, CannabisTherapyNetwork.org. CannabisTherapyNetwork.org.